Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide, a child sponsorship ministry transforming children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's join Bill now as he opens us up with prayer. God Almighty, you are a wonderful Father we can completely depend upon. We're comforted by your love, which you had for us from the beginning of time. Forgive us of our sins and cleanse our hearts, dear God. We invite the power of your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds today as we hear from your word. This half hour belongs to you, Lord of heaven and earth. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives. I'm Bill Neenhouse. I'm the president of Child Care Worldwide. Our ministry focuses on delivering the gospel of Jesus to children throughout the world. And we do this by creating a one-to-one relationship between Christians in America and kids in places like Kenya, Uganda, India, Sri Lanka, Peru, and Haiti. Today on the program, we'll focus on the Word of God. We'll talk about transformation. And I'll bring you up to date on some of the things we're involved with at Child Care Worldwide. And I pray that this time we have together today will be a blessing to you. Let's open our Bibles to the book of Job. But before we start the study, let me give you some context which will help us examine chapter 9. That's our focus for today. Job was a very successful man. He had a large family, a large number of servants, large flocks. And according to Job 1 verse 1, this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. All in one day, Job's life fell apart and he lost all that he had. The news came in four different messages that stated his livestock, servants, and all ten of his children had died. Job's reaction? He tore his clothing and went into mourning. Yet even though he had just lost everything, he still praised God. As Job 1 verse 21 says, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. I would personally never want to be in Job's position, but if I was, I don't know that my first reaction would be to praise God. I'd be devastated. I think I'd be asking God why before I ever accepted my circumstances. Even after accepting it, I wonder how fast I would praise God for it. What about you? Would you react like Job did or as I would? It's humbling to read that the first thing Job did was praise the name of God, especially after he had lost everything. What an amazing example for us. At this point, three of Job's friends came to visit him. Because he was in mourning, all of them waited until the seventh day before they began to speak with one another. Job said something I think we can all relate to. He said he wished he had never been born. And one of the friends responds by saying Job never understood other people's pain and that Job is in this current position because of sin and evil that he committed against God. And this brings us up to Job chapter 9, where we start our study today. We read in verses 1 to 3. Then Job replied, Indeed, I know that this is true. But how can a mortal be righteous before God? Though one wished to dispute with him, he could not answer him one time out of a thousand. Job is asking how a righteous but stricken man can be exonerated from God. He and his friends all believe a man suffers because he has sinned against God. And the only way to walk again with God is through repentance. But Job also knows he is blameless and upright, and he wants to prove his innocence, and thus he uses legal language. 
he says, though one wished to dispute with him. How could Job question God's justice? How can any of us question God's justice? You can sense Job's frustration. God won't answer him. God doesn't give Job a reason as to why he's suffering, why his family is dead, his servants are dead, and his livestock's gone. God is silent throughout all of it. Ultimately, though, Job knows he would be unable to answer God's questions. There's not one of us who could stand up to God and question his justice. Why would we question the one who made the world and everything in it? Why would we question the one who has set us apart to belong with his son Jesus? Because of God and Jesus, we have eternal life, so why would we want to question that plan? Let's investigate more. Job 9 verses 4 to 9 say, His wisdom is profound, his power is vast. Who has resisted him and come out unscathed? He moves mountains without their knowing it and overturns them in anger. He shakes the earth from its place and makes its pillars tremble. He speaks to the sun and it does not shine. He seals off the light of the stars. He alone stretches out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He is the maker of the bear and Orion, the Pleiades and the constellations of the south. These verses articulate the sovereignty and provincial nature of our God. I can't imagine moving an entire mountain without destroying it. And yet our God does just that. He makes the earth tremble. He speaks to the sun and stops the light of the stars. Every star and formation of stars, he has absolutely designed all of it. I'll be thinking about that next time I look up and see a clear evening sky with all the stars. I'll know that there was nothing left to chance when the skies were made. God made all of it with a plan and a purpose. This knowledge should give us a lot of comfort. We have a God who loves us so very much. He ordered and created everything for us and for our good. God is truly a sovereign and provincial God. Let's continue. Job 9 verse 10 says, He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Job is lamenting that while he believes God is dealing unjustly with him, he knows he could never contend with God. Job acknowledges that God has done great things and performed amazing miracles. But Job goes a step further by telling us that these wonders, great things, and miracles cannot be grasped by any one of us. Job is correct because we definitely cannot comprehend everything God does. The words of Job are almost the exact words his friend uses In Job 5, verse 9, Who does great things and unsearchable, marvelous things without number? This is exactly how completely powerful and extraordinary our God is. Job 9, verses 11 through 13 say, When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, What are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. Even the cohorts of Rahab cowered at his feet. We can very clearly hear the frustration that Job was feeling when he spoke these words. He was disheartened because he knew God was working. But what he didn't know was why God had allowed the things to happen to him. After all, Job was upright and righteous. So why was God punishing him? Job 9 verses 14 through 16 says, How then can I dispute with him? How can I find words to argue with him? Though I were innocent, I could not answer him. I could only plead with my judge for mercy. Even if I summoned him and he responded, I do not believe he would give me a hearing. These words are so powerful. 
Job is saying he cannot argue with God. He cannot talk with God. He can only plead for mercy. God will not listen to him even if he asked him to. Job is certainly at a very low point in his life. Everything has been taken away from him, and now he even thinks he can't talk to God, nor would God listen to him. This is exactly what hopelessness sounds like. Have you ever been at this point in your life? Have you ever felt like this? I think many of us have felt this way. What then is the remedy when we experience feelings like this? There can only be one answer, so let's take a look at the last few verses of Job. Job 9.33-35 say, If only there were someone to arbitrate between us, to lay his hand upon us both, someone to remove God's rod from me, so that his terror would frighten me no more. Then I would speak up without fear of him. But as it stands with me now, I cannot. When we think Job cannot fall any further into despair, he does. He's despondent when he asks for a mediator. Even though Job thinks God has rejected him, Job still wants to reconcile with God. Job suffered immensely. He had everything he wanted, and then it was all taken away. Job even thought God was punishing him, but he didn't know why God would punish him because he was an upright man. He felt abandoned, isolated, and driven so far from God, thinking he would never feel God's presence again. Job ends the chapter asking for a mediator, asking for someone to speak to God on his behalf because he is afraid God has left him to suffer alone. The mediator Job calls out for is Jesus Christ. He may not have known it at the time, but he instinctively knew he needed someone greater than himself to stand between him and the one true holy God. Job needed Jesus. And we do too. Let's look at the good news that's written here for us and what we know to be certain. Let's read 1 Timothy 2, 5-6. through For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. This is the answer. This is the good news that we know to be true. Jesus Christ is our mediator. Jesus is the only one who can stand in the gap for us and represent us to our mighty God. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Thank you, God, for bestowing upon us the gift of your Son, Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are no words sufficient enough to fully thank you for the gift that you have given us, your Son, Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate solution to our earthly sin problem. Though most of us will not suffer like Job did, Help us to remember that when we do suffer, our answer lies in the power of Jesus Christ. We pray this in your Son's precious name. Amen. Child Care Worldwide transforms children's lives by exposing them to the gospel of Jesus Christ, providing for their physical needs, and sponsoring their education. What makes Child Care Worldwide so unique? Our sponsored children are members of a life center located at a local church. Our kids meet weekly for gospel-driven Bible lessons, scripture memorization, singing, and fellowship. Our special Bible curriculum focuses on the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching kids about God and His eternal plan for them. We're committed to exposing kids to the gospel of Jesus. I can't think of anything more important than that. We hire exclusively Christian individuals in every single project in which we operate. 
Our country directors and program staff are national professionals, allowing our programs to be more effective within their culture. And our programs are run through a local church. We accept no government funding of any kind, and that allows us total freedom to proclaim the gospel of Jesus. Childcare Worldwide connects sponsors with children through our Christ-based life centers. With sponsors and life centers removing barriers, children grow spiritually and physically into thriving, productive adults. That's the unique kind of one-to-one relationship we create between a sponsor and a child. Not only can you give the gift of transformation, but you get to know the child. The child sends letters, and you can read letters and send them back and forth to one another. You can watch the child grow and transform in the truth and love of the gospel of Jesus. What an amazing impact that is. And I've seen how important that sponsor relationship is. The child is constantly asking about their sponsor. The impact of the sponsor and child relationship is significant. Children are changed. They love their sponsors. And sponsors are immensely impacted by the love their child shows for them. We value that relationship. If you'd like to find out how you can be a sponsor, go to childcareworldwide.org. There we'll describe our unique child sponsorship program, which is based in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Childcareworldwide.org is a place where you can find out about our sponsorship programs and other programs like water, medicine, food, shelter, education, and clothing. They're all obstacles to kids hearing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When we work to remove those obstacles, the barriers are broken and children transform. Isn't that wonderful? Go to childcareworldwide.org and become a sponsor today. If you've listened to Delivering the Gospel Transforming Lives before, you've heard me talk about our Life Center program. Today, I'd like to share a story of one of our Life Center teachers. The small classroom was filled wall-to-wall with children. They sat cross-legged on the floor and looked up expectantly at Audrey their Life Center teacher. It was her first day with the kids. Welcome to Bible time. I'm so glad you're here, she said. Every Saturday, we'll hear a story from God's Word, the Bible. Audrey held up her Bible for the children to see, and then she continued. And the stories will help you understand who God is and what He has done for us. Make sure you come back every week to get the big picture. It's like climbing a mountain. When you get to the top, you'll see the big picture. The children Audrey was teaching were from varied backgrounds, some churched, but many from broken, single-parent homes. She knew this was where God wanted her to serve. She knew how important it was that these kids get to know Jesus. She was ready to help them transform. Audrey had put a lot of prayer, thought, and preparation into these Bible times. So she decided to start at square one. All she needed was her Bible, some visual aids, and her notes. Her approach was uncomplicated. She read aloud a compilation of scripture verses covering the creation of the world to the finished work of Jesus on the cross. She also made sure to write out unfamiliar words, like God's personal name, Yahweh. She put that on the whiteboard behind her. The visual connection was like Velcro for the brain for the children and helped move the story along and keep the kids' interest. During one Life Center meeting, Audrey read the events of God's perfect creation, as well as introducing God's character, angels, and heaven. Even the kids with short attention spans or behavioral issues were attentive. In a culture where children are constantly bombarded by poverty and malnutrition, 
It may seem unlikely that Audrey's quiet reading of the Bible would interest any of the kids, especially the young ones. Don't children need stimulus and excitement? Well, on the contrary, all of the kids were very engaged, from start to finish. There wasn't any fooling around. They weren't bored at all. Audrey's gentle approach and knowledge kept the kids engaged. Audrey read the story of Satan's rebellion, Adam and Eve's disobedience, and God's rescue plan. She used the visual aids of a lamb and an altar to explain the need for a sufficient substitute to deal with man's sin problem. A few weeks later, Audrey opened the time by saying, In our Bible story last week, we heard how things went really wrong. But God had a plan, a rescue plan, and what a comfort that is. Our world needs healing. There are bad people out there, but what about you and me? Aren't we good enough to go to heaven, God's perfect place? Let's hear what the Bible says. It was on this day that Audrey read the Ten Commandments and the coming of Jesus to earth. The children now understood God's standard of perfection, and they also learned how Jesus was the one and only solution to that standard. Audrey finished the day's session with a recap. We can never be perfect on our own. We all need a Savior. Jesus is our Savior. He is God. One Saturday at Life Center was an especially blessed day as Audrey read how Jesus is our Lamb who died in our place and paid for all our sins. The significance of the cross and empty tomb were clearly explained, as well as what it meant to trust Jesus as our Savior. Audrey did not put any pressure on the kids to respond. She just let the concept soak in as she finished the time by saying, The Bible says Jesus took all of the punishment our sin deserves. That's why he can forgive us. Jesus is our lamb. The next time she met with the kids, Audrey took the time to review everything that she had read throughout the past weeks. Using her visual aids, she began walking through the Bible story. The children immediately responded, revealing just how well they had understood what she taught. Then she explained the key verse of the day, the latter part of John 3.16. Everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. Because of the foundational issues throughout the week, this verse now made sense to the kids. They understood what it meant to believe in Jesus and what he had accomplished for them and what eternal life is, being with God in his perfect home forever. Once again, Audrey did not put any pressure on the kids to respond. There was no appeal to raise hands and she didn't ask any child to come forward. Instead, there was just a simple explanation that everyone needs to make a choice whether to believe in Jesus as their lamb or to reject God's message of love and salvation. After weeks of teaching the Life Center kids the story of the creation and all the way through the work of Jesus on the cross, the entire class showed that they understood the message of the gospel. There was a lot of fun squeezed into three hours, of course, lots of games, crafts, and songs, but it was the Bible stories that kept the kids talking. One village mother had brought her daughter to Life Center, and she chose to stay as an observer. Not only did the mom watch her children transform before her eyes, her own faith was strengthened by Audrey's teaching. She decided to continue teaching her daughter the Bible at home. By focusing on the truth of God's Word at Life Center, Audrey impacted the kids and their families. The Holy Spirit was at work. Audrey is thankful that God blessed her efforts to share His truth with these kids and prays each will live their entire life trusting in Jesus as their Savior. That's what Child Care's life centers are like. 
It's why spiritual nourishment of children is the core focus of what we do here at Child Care Worldwide. Life-centered teachers like Audrey are impacting the lives of children and ushering in transformation. Child Care Worldwide works in countries all over the world, and today I'd like to talk about our work in India. As you may know, India is not a predominantly Christian country. In fact, only 2.3% of people profess to be Christians there. The dominant religion in India is Hindu, with 84.1% of people practicing Hinduism. That's a huge gap in a country with over a billion people. But I know that we serve a mighty God who not only loves us, but also works miracles. Let me tell you the story of Rohini, a 15-year-old girl who lives in Chennai. Yes, Rohini and her family practice Hinduism. One of the beliefs of Hinduism is that all souls are immortal. The soul has not been created, and it has not been destroyed. It just is, and always will be. The action of a soul while in a body will dictate the consequences for their next life. This is karma. Rowini's parents worked very hard to support the family. Her dad works in construction, and her mom is a housekeeper, but they still struggle to provide food for the family. The only reason they let Rowini attend a Child Care Worldwide Life Center is because of the meal she would receive there. The teachers at our Life Center are chosen very carefully. Rowini's teacher, Mrs. Satya, is a Christian, and she loves and trusts God. She loves teaching the children about God. Every Saturday, Rowini would attend the Life Center. She would eat a healthy meal, learn and study the Bible. She would memorize scripture and play games with her friends. Rowini listened politely to all the teachings, but she did not really take them to heart. When COVID-19 hit India and her neighborhood was shut down, her family situation became desperate. Both her mom and dad lost their jobs and had no way of supporting their family. They turned to their relatives, but they too were in a desperate situation, having lost jobs and income as well. Rowini couldn't bear to see her mom and dad in such despair. It was then that she remembered something her teacher Mrs. Satya had told her. Mrs. Satya said, Remember to pray and be thankful that Jesus loves you. He has a plan for your life, and always trust in God. So that's exactly what Rowini did. She prayed. Rowini knew that Mrs. Satya lived nearby, so she visited her and told her about all the struggles her family was going through. Mrs. Satya prayed with Rowini. She talked and encouraged her. As Rowini was leaving, Mrs. Satya told her she would be praying for her and her family. Rowini went home and prayed for her family and herself, asking God what exactly the truth was. She was conflicted because she had grown up believing and living out the Hindu religion. Just a few days later, our Child Care Worldwide staff members came to Rowini's house and delivered life-saving bags of food for the family. Rowini did indeed discover that Jesus truly does care for her and that he loves her. I continue to pray for Rowini and her parents. I'm asking our Lord to break through to their hearts and bring them into his eternal family. I hear about life-changing stories from our staff throughout the world, and I know that God is leading and guiding this ministry of childcare worldwide. I couldn't be more grateful and humble to be a part of all this. Could you join us in helping spread the gospel of Jesus to kids and their families? It's really easy. You just go to childcareworldwide.org. On our website, you'll learn about our unique form of child sponsorship and our programs that remove obstacles so they're no longer a distraction to hearing the gospel message 
and it helps kids live out the life God has planned for them. I know you will be blessed when you give the gift of transformation to a sponsored child. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm truly humbled to serve you in this ministry. Over and over again, I've seen you change the lives of children all over the world. Thank you for caring for them, and thank you for loving us. I pray for those listening right now to delivering the gospel transforming lives. Lord, I pray that you will touch their hearts and that they will choose to sponsor a child, maybe one like Rowini or maybe another kid. But Father, I pray that you will move in their hearts right now to go to our website to pick the child and to transform their lives. Lord of heaven and earth, we give this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to Delivering the Gospel, Transforming Lives with Bill Neenhouse, President of Child Care Worldwide. To learn more, go to childcareworldwide.org. Join us again next week here on 820 AM, The Word.